0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, so what now for the BYU football receivers? How do
1: the Cougar pass catchers get back on track against UConn? Former Cougar great John Beck, find this guy! Tells us what life was like as a freshman quarterback and where BYU needs to improve this season.
0: Plus, what's the chance BYU scores a season high on Friday against the Huskies?
2: Put UConn on notice. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station
0: live in Radio Vision presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, October 1st. October? It's October. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man
1: who will dress up as Snoopy for Halloween, Jeremy Jordan. I think I did when I was two or three. I'll have to check with my mom on that. I loved Snoopy; it was great. There's a Peanuts movie coming out in like five weeks.
0: Was that your favorite Halloween ever?
1: I don't know what my favorite Halloween ever was. Probably when we found the, when we discovered when I was little that oh, there's a disparity in how much people make and certain candy is handed out. Once you figure that out as a kid, it's like I'm getting a bigger pillow case now. <laughs>
0: I'm going, I'm to, going the to the Costco. super wealthy neighborhood
1: <laughs> to take advantage of. I this. know where to go now. I know where to take my 2-year-old later this month. Yeah, yeah, we're getting the king size <laughs> for Danny. <laughs> so you and I to stretch our
0: legs sometimes. Get a little bit restless. In arms. We go play catch outside on the on the lawn at the Marriott Center. We've talked about.
1: Yeah, it's a tradition unlike any other.
0: The interaction that we had with Dave Rose last year when he drove by and said,
2: This is embarrassing!
1: Yeah. Well. <laughs> I remember that. We
0: generally see somebody coming out of the Marriott Center every time we go play catch there. Yeah. They're coming and going. Yeah. Yesterday it was Tim Lacombe. Okay? And he yells at us. It's not baseball season. The Red Sox aren't in the playoffs.
1: Tim also thinks that it's basketball season. That's not for like a month. (laughs) He tweeted that. He tweeted yesterday. Saw Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton out throwing the baseball today on the Marriott Center lawn. Had to remind them it's basketball season. Hashtag no Red Sox in October. (laughs) I know what that's like as a Mariners fan. But Tim, basketball season, you, you don't play a game for four weeks.
0: Oh, but isn't that weird? It's October. Basketball. A so, basketball game will happen in the Marriott Center this month.
1: Yeah, that is weird. Our, uh, Cougar tip-off coming up on the 28th.
0: How about that? And right then, and the then two
1: exhibitions, then November 13th, regular season. We are getting so to that time. like,
0: five weeks, still basketball season? We're getting to the crazy time. November is nuts. Crazy
1: delicious. I love it. Yeah. It's like Mr. Pibb and Red Vines.
0: Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Number six, BYU women's soccer playing at Gonzaga tonight. Seven Eastern, that game on BYU Radio and the
1: W.TV. BYU football plays Connecticut tomorrow. Coverage begins at 9 Eastern on Countdown to Kickoff, followed by the game on ESPN 2, the Deuce, at 1015 Eastern.
0: BYU Sports Nation will be live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium tomorrow. I love yeah. Friday game days yeah. because
1: we get to do that. The next three, by the way, Fridays, we're out of this studio. Next week, we're at Deseret First Credit Union. nearby by campus, and then we're back in the stadium on uh, game day against Cincy.
0: This is how we do it on Friday.
1: Montel Jordan set it, man.
0: UConn <laughs> play-by-play man Joe D'Ambrosio will join us on set at the
1: stadium tomorrow. 15th-ranked women's volleyballs at San Diego, discovered by the Germans, tomorrow at 1030 Eastern on the W.TV.
2: Rise and shout, my friends. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU the Sports Nation. Send and receive.
3: The receivers needed to carry this team in a game like this. They were the one place where there was a physical advantage. Even though Michigan has pretty big physical defensive backs, BYU was bigger. They needed to be more physical because they were being covered in man coverage and challenged to beat that man coverage, and they did not do it.
0: ESPN College football insider and former BYU national champion Trevor Maddich fired up during his segment on Maddich Monday. He expects a lot from the BYU receivers, and who can blame him? Size is what he pointed out as the biggest advantage. Now, until last Saturday's game, Jerem, BYU receivers had at least, at the least, met expectations. The standout group in fall camp had produced solid balance, big plays, highlight real catches, and helped BYU to a national ranking after three weeks, even with a loss at UCLA.
1: I thought they played well in all three games. Uh, Taysom Hill was throwing the ball extremely well against Nebraska before the injury, even after the injury in the third quarter. Tanner Mangum comes in, throws for 111, 42 yards of that are the Hail Mary. Whatever, that happened. BYU made a play. Mitch Matthews beasted that ball. He did what we all hoped he could do as a receiver, made an elite play, BYU won that game. Boise State, an 84-yarder, a 70-yarder, a 35-yarder. There were good, long pass plays from BYU. I, I thought that they'd played well. UCLA, to me, might have been BYU's best played game of the season, even though they lost by one. Uh, defensively, give up a lot of yards on the ground. But outside of that, I thought that BYU moved the ball on offense. I thought that the receivers were good. There were a ton of stuff underneath, hardly, hardly anything intermediate and long. But Tanner Mangum was finding guys, and they were catching passes and moving the chains. There was an 11-yard drive, a 16-yard drive. Then came Michigan. No one showed up in Michigan. No one played well at Michigan. Johnny Linehan punted 11 times, maybe the only bright spot. Really, uh, Francis Bernard in garbage time, four carries for 30 yards. The receivers are the best position group on BYU's team. The best group of players, in my opinion, are the receivers. They need to help a brother out, specifically Brother Mangum the freshman quarterback, and if these running backs in Hine and Brown can't go, and we hope they can Friday, but let's see, then these receivers need to pick up the slack. Think
0: about this. In the Nebraska game and in the Boise State game, there were a combined three pass and receive plays that went for more yards in one play than BYU passed for in the entire
1: game That's wild
0: against Michigan.
1: And you think about total yards, 105. I mean, you have an 85-yarder, a 70, or 35. 55
0: yards passing or receiving, however you want to specify it. There's this weird aberration, an anomaly, whatever you want to look at it like. And that brings us to
1: today's Twitter question. What do you expect from the BYU wide receivers tomorrow? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Keep the tweets coming. After 55 yards receiving
0: as a receiver core Against Michigan, what do you expect from
1: BYU tomorrow? 56 plus. (laughs) 100% chance
0: BYU goes 56 plus tomorrow receiving.
1: I'll answer this right now. I expect BYU to throw for at least 250. Even in the rain? Yes. I think that it's going to rain, but I think that BYU's receivers will play better. Yeah, and who knows
0: how much it will rain? I don't know.
1: They're a good group. I think they're really good. I don't think there's an elite player in there. That doesn't matter. BYU doesn't produce elite receivers consistently. The last elite receiver was Austin Colley. He or was Dennis a, Pitta. Dennis Pitta is a tight end. To me, that's different. What's a tight end? I don't even remember what that looks like at BYU. Tanner Baldery comes in, and he is a blocking back. He does not catch the ball. That's just what is set up right As now. As is Brian Sampson. People are screaming for a tight end for BYU. Why? Who's going to be the tight end? You have to recruit someone to be a tight end, come in, and be effective. BYU does not have that player right now. They're utilizing the personnel they have right now in this Robert and I offense. And that, guess, guess whose fault it is there's not a tight end? It's coaching staff. If they need to get a tight end if they want to use a tight end. Obviously, Robert and I doesn't want to use a tight end in the offense right now.
0: Before Michigan, BYU had a top 25 passing game. It dropped almost 30 spots in the NCAA rankings to 52nd in the country after Saturday. Let's go back to Trevor Maddish. And he says that performance... That game against Michigan has now given every other team a clue or key, if you will, to beating BYU's pass game.
3: Every defensive backfield that they play from here till eternity is going to do what Michigan did to them until they prove that they can beat that physical man coverage.
0: Trevor Maddich has said it like 25 times on the show, beast the ball away. BYU will have to do that because, yeah, look at the film. Well, Michigan did this, and it worked. So why wouldn't every other defense try and do what Michigan did?
1: If you've watched BYU football the last ten years, you know this isn't uh, breaking news from uh, from Saturday. The physical teams have been able to go up against BYU, and BYU doesn't typically have receivers that can win one on one matchups physically. Okay, a Todd Watkins could get down the field with speed, and then BYU has quarterbacks generally that can lob it up and get it to him. Uh, and then Austin Collie would win these one-on-one battles physically uh, with your hands, with different moves. Uh, and then uh, the other thing is Tanner Mangum is still developing as a freshman quarterback. He's not John Beck Sr. And coming up, we'll talk to John Beck, who played as a freshman. Let's We'll talk to him about the difference. They are in the same exact scenario, post-mission, true freshman quarterbacks. It's tough and uh, playing tough schedules, you know. There will come a time where Tanner Mangum – Will have more confidence and uh, comfortability in the pocket to where he'll throw more of these timing routes. Okay, he threw them well against UCLA, but against Michigan, nothing was there. He's eating the ball a little more flushed uh, and panicked in the pocket. That comes. That comes with more experience. Tanner Mangum will get better at this, but he's got a good group of receivers, and I say lean on these dudes. And these guys have been called out this week. Absolutely, I bet they're they have. Ticked. If I'm Mitch Matthews. I'm I'm saying, Jerem Jordan, you're a punk. I'm going to prove you're wrong. I'm going to be elite. Nick Kurtz, man, Guy Holiday called me out. I better show up. Mitchell Juergens, throw me the rock. Devon Blackman, I need the ball. Let's go. Tanner, use us. We'll, we're here. Let's go. And if you haven't
0: heard Guy Holiday call these guys out, he mentioned two of them by name. Listen to this. You know, so we got to play to our strengths. Devon is a little quicker, uh, so he can play to that. Nick and... Um... And Mitch in particular, they're big, so they got to play big. You, know, you can't be uh, uh, 6'6 and play 5'11. That, that doesn't work, so
1: we got to play to our strengths, and, and we'll get that done.
0: There's a lot there. The call has been issued by Guy Holiday and to Nick Kurtz and Mitch Matthews in particular. Many of you have heard it. Many of you have seen it on social media. You can't be 6'6 and play like you're 5'11".
1: And there's aggression there. That's what we're talking about. Trevor Maddish, the soundbite we played a moment ago. Beast the ball, attack the ball. Beast the, yes. And people, people continue to harp on this. Man, we have these tall receivers. Why don't we throw it up to them? I don't know. That just been, hasn't been part of the, the deal right now. But when the ball's in the air, go attack it. He's not throwing fades to these guys very much. Um, should they? I don't know. That's up to Robert and I. How can you best use the size? A fade is a low percentage throw, to be honest. Uh, these receivers haven't proven that that's going to be a highly effective play for them. There's no Randy Moss on this team that's going to go make a play. That's, that's the best there is at that kind of play. But physically, when the ball's in the air, go get it. Devon Blackman made the only good catch in the Michigan game. It was off a tip, made a nice play, Pass, got a first down. that probably down.
0: should have been intercepted.
1: Yes, and that was poorly played by that Michigan defender. But now now it comes, you know, Connecticut comes to town. A pair of good safeties, had a first-round cornerback get drafted last year to the Cowboys, the broad jump champ of the world. This test is not the same as the others. Yet, BYU should play well in this game. I don't even care if it rains. I don't care if BYU runs the ball a lot. These receivers have been called out. To me, they're a very good group. They played really well in three of the four games. So I think that they'll have a good game uh, Friday.
0: Let's compare and contrast where the receivers are after four games this year compared to where BYU was with the receivers last year, specifically with the leader of that group, Mitch Matthews. And that brings us to our stat of the day.
1: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Mitch Matthews has more catches, yards, and touchdowns through four games this year than last year, specifically two more catches, 55 yards, and a touchdown, 2.5 yards more per catch. Now, the now you probably want to, okay, Hail Mary, what does that play into it? The Hail Mary was a play that happened. I count that. That was a tremendous play. Play of the year thus far. If you take away the play, Hail Mary, just for a reference, one more catch for 13 yards, same amount of touchdowns. So Mitch has, Mitch has improved. I think he's capable of more. I think he's a good receiver. I don't agree with you with the whole elite thing, but I think that he's whatever the step below that is, he can be at that level. What is the step below elite? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to spend time to define that right now.
0: <laughs> what do you expect from Mitch Matthews and the BYU wide receivers tomorrow? That's our Twitter question. Let's get some tweets in.
2: It's Twitter time.
0: At Jones AP5. You hashtag AP? elite or not elite. These guys got a beast the ball. He references Trevor Maddich.
1: And make catches. At least try to be elite. Now, here's here's the thing with the beasting the ball and the, all that Take into account there will be some interceptions, if this is the case. If you're going to be aggressive and use these guys, and if Adam Hine and Algernon Brown can't go, would you rather lean on uh, Francis Bernard and Riley Burt, or would you rather throw the ball to these receivers? That's the dumbest question I've ever put out there. Obviously (laughs) the receivers.
0: Use the hashtag BYUSN. Join our conversation at BYU Sports Nation. Up next, John Beck. What advice would he give to Tanner Mangum? They were in the same exact scenario. Find his guy! BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN.
1: Treat yourself tomorrow night, 9 Eastern time. Watch Countdown to Kickoff. BYU and Connecticut on ESPN2 right after our pregame show called Countdown to Kickoff. We will show you BYU warm-up live. uh, A special edition of that show, because it's a later kick, our pregame show will go a little later as well. Uh, We'll go from 9 to 10.15 Eastern time. So check it out tomorrow night. Starts at 9 Eastern. Our
0: Twitter question today, what do you expect from the BYU wide receivers tomorrow? Only 55 yards in that passing game between Tanner Mangum and the receiving core against Michigan. So what are your expectations against UConn? At Twiggy or Stone says, fight. I want to see them go get the ball, show everyone that they can be an elite group. Joining BYU Sports Nation now, a man who was an elite quarterback at BYU, John Beck on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. John, welcome back to the show.
3: Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on.
0: Okay, so we need to start with uh, your current status. You've been playing with the BC Lions, and you, you suffered an injury, and, and we jokingly said it's the most manly injury ever, a, a pectoral injury. What's the status with, uh, with what's, what you're dealing with right now,
3: John? Well, they ended my season. I essentially uh, got put on what's called the six-game uh, IR up up there. So with only really six games left to go in the season before they get into the playoffs, It was essentially, you know, over. So, especially because I wasn't with my family, like my wife and kids were back home, um, I just felt like, well, instead of staying up here to rehab for what would be, you know, a potential playoff game, we don't even know if we're in or not, being out for six weeks, not ever, you know, not getting to practice all that time, I and my coaches just kind of felt like, you know what, probably the best thing for me to do is to head back home, do my rehabilitation back here, and just be with my family. So, you know, it's way crummy that it, it ended You know, my season, especially because I was getting to be the starting quarterback up there and felt like things were just, you know, starting to get rolling for our team who had been kind of struggling a little bit. And, uh, you know, but at the same time, I'm sitting here right now playing catch with my four-year-old. So <laughs> life's all right. With Ty? Ty is the eight year old. I have an eight year old, a six year old, a four year old. I'm with the four year old right now.
1: Wow. That's awesome. John Bex on BOA Sports Nation. When you when you look at maybe your future with the B C Lions, is there something there? Are you gonna try and continue in the C F L next next year?
3: No. I uh I'm done. It's time to time to just move on. I have a lot of uh, exciting things uh, outside of football yet still connected to football that have been kind of going on the last three years during my off seasons and uh you know, to be quite honest as well, it was getting harder for me to be away from my wife and kids. I'm definitely a person that loves being around his family, and the sacrifices that I was having to make to play in Canada they were just getting to be really really hard and you know my dream was the NFL and I experienced the NFL it didn't go like I wanted, and a part of me just wanted to keep playing football because I just felt like I always landed in these weird situations and I just wanted to kind of finish off having fun playing ball and I was able to go up there and be in a situation where I played for the game. Like there wasn't a there was no other reason to, to go up to Canada other than I just like playing football and I like practicing and preparing and the other thing that was fun was Austin Colley and I got to be roommates this last year. Yeah. We were roommates every, like every game on the road when our families went home for school, Austin and I lived together and that was pretty cool to have a teammate from eleven years ago be my teammate again. And to have our NFL experiences and all the experience we've had since then And every day when we drove home from practice, we just talked ball, talked philosophical things offensively, talked about our team. And it was just neat to kind of have a life experience with somebody at a young age, leave them, have more football experiences, and then come back and be with them again and kind of see how we each grew up and we have our families. It was a lot of fun.
1: So just to put a bow on this, are are you saying you're retiring from football?
3: Well, I'm not retiring from football because I definitely want to play in some flag football leagues. <laughs> and, listen, I, the, the love of football will never leave me. And, I, and I, it took me a long time. I always had this mentality, like, as long as I want to play football, I will play football. And I, when I came off my mission, I looked at guys that had played till they were 40, 41 years old, and I said, that is what I will be. And I will do everything I possibly can from a work standpoint, a sacrifice standpoint, to be that guy. But in all reality, the sacrifices that you have to make to play that long, especially if you're not in a situation where you've established yourself with the franchise or you, you've been a starting quarterback that's played in 30, 40 games, and you know that when a team brings you in, it's to be their backup or to compete for the starting job. The situations that I was in later in my career were opportunities to try to get back into the NFL or try to hang on to playing football. And so it took me a little while to realize, you know what, I could sit here and keep dragging this on and keep trying to play ball, but, you know, it's, it's hard on your family. It's hard on your kids, and I can find other ways. I really enjoy, like, playing catch with my kids. I mean, I just I, – yesterday I played a street football game with my six-year-old, just me and him, and we played for 30 minutes. And, you know what, it got a little bit of my football fix. So I know I'll find ways to still enjoy the game but I'm, I'm still one of those guys that's going to be looking for a squad to put together for a flag football <laughs> tournament here there.
0: John Beck with us on BYU Sports Nation. We're always looking for an intramural flag football quarterback up here, John, so we'll just put that out there. You let us well, know if you're interested. Bring
3: me up and then put me part of the pregame show, and we can make it work.
0: Okay, well, now you bring up an interesting point, John. You're a talented guy. You're very well-spoken, and you and I have had some offline discussions about potential. You could do media. You could do coaching. There You are a guy that is is multi-talented, so what is it that you want to pursue uh, surrounding football now that your playing career is over?
3: Well, I really enjoy the stuff that I've been doing with Tom House in L.A. Um, The opportunity to work with professional and collegiate quarterbacks has been a lot of fun, and I really enjoy also working with the younger guys. We get a lot of high school kids from across the country or the L.A. Orange County area that come to us. and. I really enjoy working with the quarterbacks. It's just, it's a position that since I was seven years old and I started going to stake centers, sitting with my dad watching tight Detmer play, that's all I I just, I had to be the quarterback. And, you know, it's a journey, it's a roller coaster of ups and downs, and you have to deal with so many situations. It's really hard because you have to learn to deal with a lot of things that are out of your control, and it's this finite balance between preparation and confidence and risk and taking chance It's just this just, it's just crazy thing that you can, it's easy to sway off of that little balance. And that's what makes it exciting because it's such a challenge. When you do get to play and compete at a high level and you play your best, it's so rewarding. And yet the lows, they're really hard to deal with, but there's that, there's that thing when you're in that low that there's that fight within you. And I just, I love that fight to like climb back and to like try to bounce back. And then I'm per, like that pursuit of being the best you can be and I think there's no position in sports like the quarterback position because it's so demanding. So I really enjoyed all of the aspects that I've been able to be a part of with Tom, the, to the training side of things, the mental side of things, all of that stuff. So uh, that's kind of my direction I'm going. I'm, I'm working on getting a master's degree right now in sports performance and conditioning. I have desires to go get another one in sports psychology and just kind of to see the way that Tom has mentored the people that he brings in, the athletes he brings in. I've learned so much. That's the direction I want to go, and I'm still leaving a lot of doors open. I, you know, I had a conversation with Greg Rubel on the field at the Michigan game about you know potential media stuff. and So I definitely want to have avenues open because I know that, that stuff that I do with Tom, it's not full-time, but it's definitely a passion that I, I've always had in my life, and it's been an avenue that I've been able to continue that and know that I can go that direction even when my, my playing days are done.
1: Well, if you visit Provo, let's get you on the pregame show at least. You know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah, man, I'd love to do it. I even, you know, it's funny this morning when I knew I had this interview, I was like, you know what, I wonder if these guys would be interested in, like, a breakdown of the opponent so the so the fans can kind of know, like, exactly what we're up against once they do, like, what the defense is doing scheme-wise, what what they're trying to have BYU play into and what we need to do to attack them.
0: Uh, that's a yes, John. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Are you ready with Connecticut information? <laughs>
3: Hey, if you guys can find a way to give me some UConn tape, I, I enjoy sitting in front of a TV breaking down film. It's something I really like. So we'll have to talk about this when the show gets, like as soon as we get off the air or something or later on today.
1: Uh, let's talk about Michigan. You were there uh, at the Big House, obviously uh, on the field and had that view. But, but one, what was that experience like at the Big House? And then two, what did you see in the game?
3: I mean, it was very cool to to be there. I mean, that's that's kind of why I, I also went. Like, I had just got put on IR the day before I flew out for the game. So it was kind of like a quick talking to the people up at the front uh, office for BYU, the kind of the football relations guys and them getting me out there. And But I'm so glad I did because what a cool experience to be in that stadium. What a cool experience to kind of soak in the atmosphere. The Michigan fans were, I mean, so nice, like just awesome. I mean, it really kind of – Hurt that we had to go out there and have that type of a game because, I mean, the excitement before the game was awesome. The stealing in the stadium was awesome. Um, But, you know, I mean, crap happens, right? And I don't for one second think that, like, oh man, our guys just showed up. They just didn't give any effort or anything. I know that's the easy thing for people outside to say, but I've just been on too many teams where you walked into a stadium and you're giving full effort and you gave your full effort of preparation during the week. And then all of a sudden, I mean, it just sucks, and things just go crappy. And, you know, I think that's where also, uh, you know, like leadership on a team, that's where that comes really into play. And, you know, I'm not trying to knock any, any certain person, but I just know the veteran presence of, like, somebody like Taysom. You know, like, you can't, like you can't just have a young guy just do that. that. That comes with the experience. That comes with the ups and downs that Taysom has experienced. And then he has, like, this, this thing about him where when he stands on the field and when he's in the huddle, there's just a presence, and you just know. And I don't know exactly how to put it into words, but I just know what it felt like to be a freshman going into games, and I know what it felt like being a senior going into games when the crap was hitting the fan. You know, a lot of people always would be like, hey, what happened that third quarter against the University of Utah? How come you guys couldn't get things going? Well, it's football. I've been in NFL games where I've seen Tom Brady not get things going. I've seen Peyton Manning not get things. That's part of football. That's the ebbs and flows of the game. Sometimes you just have quarters where things don't work. But when you have somebody with veteran leadership, there's just that. He knows, hey, we'll get things back on track. I'm not worried. There's no panic button. I think last year when we heard Aaron Rodgers say that, hey, relax. We got this. There's that kind of feeling. So, you know, it's part of the opportunity of the quarterback to to gain more experience and have that. But at that point – it's a hard situation for a young quarterback to be in when he doesn't have that experience and yet everybody's hoping he can do something or be the president turn things around.
0: Former BYU NFL and CFL quarterback John Beck on BYU Sports Nation, you brought up the name Taysom Hill. We saw you talking with him on the sideline before the game. What was that conversation like, John, and what do you want to see Taysom do with his football
3: career? Well, you know, it was really hard for me to watch and see what happened with Taysom, um... I I told him that, you know, just, man, like, I feel so bad for you, like, to, I've, I've seen it so many times, though, in sports, especially at the professional level, I've just seen so many guys battle back from one serious injury to just have another one happen, and it's the most unfortunate thing in sports, because everybody faces different scenarios, people land in bad situations, people, you know, they get on teams where they don't mess with the coaches, and it's a nightmare for them all during the season, and, but, like, the injury thing is the hardest one because especially when you know this person has all the potential in the world to have an unbelievable run and it's an injury that's hold that, that's not letting him do it, that's the hard part. So, you know, Taysom and I just talked about that, the frustrations of of trying to handle those situations, having the right perspective. T- Taysom's an unbelievable person. I even came home and told my wife this. The conversation that I had with Taysom and the perspective that he has gained from this – I said, wow, like, here I am, 34 years old, and I mean, I'm working on holding onto that same perspective just because of some of the things that I've been through in football, and here's this young man, still a senior in college, and I was wowed by the perspective that he had, the way that he was handling and it. it was still hard for him, but, you know, he has a great head on his shoulders, and we talked about a lot of things. We talked about football. We talked about life outside of football. We talked about pursuing things even after you've gone through so much adversity, and Kind of the risk involved because there's no guarantee that you're going to have the magical ending to a story. I've, I've experienced this a number of times where you feel like I've been through adversity. There's got to be something right around the corner to make all of this come full circle and end with something fantastic. And you know, my experiences tell me that's not always the case. You know, there's still risk involved. So Taysom has a lot of things that he's trying to figure out, but he's definitely in the right direction with his thoughts, and what he's trying to do, and. I'm not going to say all the things that we talked about, but you know he is being very smart with the decisions that he's making. So wherever that takes him, I don't know where it's going to go or what decision he'll make, but it will be the right one. I know that.
1: On the other side of that, there's now Tanner Mangum, the freshman quarterback. Uh, he became the seventh freshman to uh, start a game at BYU. You are in that group as well. What kind of advice have you given uh, Tanner Mangum in his pursuit of becoming one of those good BYU quarterbacks?
3: You know, Tanner and I... I really haven't communicated, a, a, like, a whole lot. I mean, really, I just care what game it was. A friend of mine was friends with his brother and was like, hey, you should send ten or text. I'm like, yeah, I should. I just, you know, text him a little friendly thing. And we joked around about the number 12 and, you know, how he's trying to do a good job of playing the number 12. And I said, we we're doing a great job. And, you know, just kind of that little thing. And I, I said it on an interview I did uh, with Crittle about why I, I, I really wanted to just, like, Honestly, just put my arm on his shoulder pad and just kind of smile after the Michigan game and say, Listen, dude, this is only going to make you better. Um, because that's the truth of it. Um, you know, I think Tanner as a player is way further ahead of where I was as a freshman in his understanding of things and in his experience level. But I do know what it feels like when you have been out of football for that long. You've been out of the pocket. Those things that are like your sixth sense, your sixth football sense that everybody used to pat you on the back for with how did you feel that or how did you see that window or how, you know, they almost feel slightly like you're having to relearn those. And you didn't even know where they came from before. They just happened because of all the football you were playing. And now you're having to go back and find them. Like, i got to find out how I was doing that. And, you know, when I was there on the sideline from the game, the thing that I saw was, and it happens to every quarterback, I don't care what level you play on, even the guys that have been doing it for 10 years professionally, at times in a game it can just – things seem cloudy, things seem slightly more sped up than you're used to, and you're feeling a little out of sorts. And, you know, I'm sure that he was feeling that. I felt that. There's times where you feel like you understand what's going on. There's times when you feel like you don't really understand what's going on. You're having to relearn so much of football. And, you know, I thought Michigan, the game plan that they had, from what I've seen the other teams do against BYU – When Tanner was on the field and what I saw Michigan do, I thought they were very intelligent with the game plan that they had because I really think that Coach Harbaugh had an impact on it because he played quarterback, and he knows. Here's what you do when you got a young quarterback. Here's the way you play him, and this is what's going to be the hardest thing for him to do. You know, UCLA didn't always do that. They had a a different approach based off of a small sample size, and they were not going to let the big passing plays and scrambling out of the pocket get them. So they made sure we're going to make him slowly move the ball down the field and move the chains getting first down. And there were times that we were able to do that. But Michigan had a different approach. We were going to put pressure on and we were going to get in the face of his receivers and we're going to make it difficult for them to get open and difficult for that quarterback to stand in the pocket and make a play. And it is. I don't care who you are. When you can get that type of pressure on the quarterback and he doesn't have guys creating enough separation, it's hard.
0: As we try and spin this forward and look at BYU uh, taking on UConn on Friday night, John, where would you start? I mean, we've seen the highest of highs, the Hail Mary at Nebraska, the improbable ending against Boise State, good game against UCLA and a tough one-point loss, and then this uh, aberration against Michigan. So so where is BYU, and what do you want to see from them starting against UConn?
3: Well, Obviously, we know that they're competitive people by nature, so they're going to come out wanting to prove something. Um, this was a team that had very high expectations heading into the season, and I know that everybody wants to say, well, once they can't make the big bowl, oh, man, they're not in the conference, they've got nothing to play for. You know, I think from an outside perspective, that may be what they're thinking, but from a competitor, when you put the helmet on and you step out on the football field, you're trying to win every single game, regardless of what that game's for. So – Obviously, Connecticut is not probably going to be the same caliber of opponent, but I would bet you that they're going to try to match a lot of the things that Michigan did. Now, from a, from a standpoint of personnel, they may not have the same personnel. Uh, when I was standing on the sideline, Michigan had a cornerback that I said, uh, who's I standing by, Brian Keel, And I was like, golly, like, this is like an NFL-looking DB, even big for the NFL standards. Like He looks like somebody the Seattle Seahawks would want to go after. They had some guys, we might say, How come our big guys couldn't get open? Well they had some big guys that were manning them up pretty good. So I would say UConn is probably gonna go out and try to do some of the things they saw Michigan do if their personnel can handle it. You cannot ask somebody that's not capable of the job to do that job. They still are gonna to play to their strengths, so that's why you have to say, Okay, well what has Connecticut done in their past four games that has given them opportunities for victory or that has slowed down the opponent from a defensive standpoint. So All of those things are going to come into play, but I think especially coming back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, the last time they were there they had a miraculous finish. Coming off of a loss, they still have a lot to prove. There's a stretch of the season where they probably feel like we can win out. And that mentality, I think, will carry them into this game.
0: John, great stuff. Always nice to talk to you. We appreciate the insight into uh, your football career and what you're pursuing and a look at the, the BYU quarterbacks. We will be in contact very, very soon.
3: All right. Sounds good, guys.
0: John Beck on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future.
1: There was a lot there. Wow. Uh, I didn't realize he was uh, done with pro football. Um, I thought maybe there would be a little more there, but it sounds like he's retiring uh, from pro football, wants to play flag football. We're in need of a flag football quarterback. That would be kind of nice. We could get Johnny Harleen maybe on the team too. We'll see what happens. And then his optimism about where BYU goes from here. Uh, what was in line. That guy can do anything he wants to do. He can beat Utah.
0: And he did. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, what's the chance the Cougar score a season high against UConn? BYU Sports Nation brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's 623 student-athletes. Welcome to the club.
1: Saturday morning, we are live at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Mountain Time for what we call a countdown conference. It's the hour before LDS General Conference, a special Saturday edition of BYU Sports Nation, recapping the Connecticut game. Check it out at 11 a.m. Eastern Time this Saturday.
0: We just talked to John Beck, former BYU quarterback, a guy who played in the NFL and now CFL. He says his football career is over. They put him on the six-week injured reserve list and essentially ended his season, so. and he said, you know what, I it's, it's time for me to be done. So download the podcast, listen to that entire interview. Fantastic insight from former BYU quarterback John Beck. Broadcasting note for you all, number six BYU women's soccer playing at Gonzaga tonight as they open the West Coast Conference slate. 7 Eastern, you can listen to that game live on BYU Radio or watch it on the W.TV. Let's play What's the Chance?
2: BYU Sports Nation asks...
0: What's the chance? Pretty self-explanatory here. If you're new to the program, this is how the device works. We throw out a scenario, Jeremy and I assign it, a percent chance of that thing happening
1: or not
2: happening. Number one. What's the chance? Mitch Matthews has 100 yards receiving versus
1: UConn. 28%. I think uh, these receivers are going to get a lot more catches, but there's a lot of guys to go around. If it's rainy, that's going to affect the game. If BYU can rush the ball effectively or not, that will affect the game. So he's got a shot. Uh, UConn strength is in the safeties, uh, not the corners per se. So I give him 28%.
0: I think you're a little bit high on that, Jared.
1: Whoa!
0: I say 10%. Captain Mitch Matthews says 10% because of his jersey number. Mitch Matthews has a 10% chance to go over 100 yards receiving against UConn for all of the reasons you just listed
1: Rain. Well, I want to go nine percent Balance in the, re-
0: in the receiving core. Ten <laughs> percent chance. Mitch goes over hundred against UConn. He hasn't had a hundred yard receiving day thus far.
1: Number two.
2: What's the chance? Francis Bernard leads BYU in rushing on Friday.
1: And we're talking about yards, right? Rushing yards. Um, Francis Bernard leads BYU in rushing yards. I'll go. I'll go one hundred percent on this. I think that Francis Bernard is going to be the primary ball carrier. This, of course, is assuming that Adam Hine and Algernon Brown can't make it in this game. To me, I look at eight games left. I look at guys that are banged up, and I say, take it AC. Take it AC." So that BYU can win this game and get them healthy. Nacho! Okay. Nacho! Not
0: ju- Not ju- <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: He went there.
0: He went there. Okay. I say... chance Francis Bernard will be the leading rusher tomorrow night for BYU. We've never had a double 100. There are too many question marks about the guys that are playing in front of him. Adam Hine's banged up. Algie Brown banged up. Nate Carter hasn't gotten a ton of run. And Francis Bernard fits the profile of what Robert and I likes in a running back.
1: What's the character's name in uh, Peanuts? Pigpen? Pigpen. Yeah. The BYU running backs right now. Pigpen. Pigpen. That's what's going on. (laughs) Number three. What's the chance Kainakua has a
2: pick tomorrow night?
1: Ooh, I'll go. Uh, I'll go thirty-five uh, percent. So like a one in three chance that he has a pick. Has four picks already in three games. Um, he's a ball hawk. I th- maybe he gets one. I'll go thirty-five percent.
0: I'm going to say fifty okay. percent. Kainakua has an interception tomorrow night because
1: Brian Sheriff's does not throw the rock a lot.
0: But when he does throw it, it generally isn't great. It- <laughs> Hashtag analysis. (laughs) It's the truth. Throw that end of the pregame, man. That was great. They throw throw a few passes, and generally they are not on point. So I think Kainakoua takes advantage, even with the Huskies not throwing the ball that much. Number four.
2: What's the chance BYU scores a season high in points? Versus UConn,
1: that would have to be thirty six plus. Thirty uh, five is the high against Boise State. Um, what's the chance? Whew, especially if it rains a lot. UConn's defense is decent. We don't know. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's an accurate description. We don't really know. I'll go forty six percent that BYU scores a season. I have thirty six. I think if it rains a lot, there's not going to be as many points scored.
0: Where do you come up with the forty six? This rant, this
1: randomness. What everyone has, but dude, whole numbers are boring. <laughs> Think, maybe think a little bit. Forty-five percent. I'm just going to go with
0: the tie-ins here. BYU needs to score 36 plus to get season high, mm-hmm. right? Yes. I'm going to go 36 percent. Ten percent. Mitch Matthews wears number 10. They have 100 yards. 36 percent chance anymore? that BYU goes 36. plus Why is that? You you're wearing the blue goggles today with your higher percentages. Oh. Oh. 100% off. What do you expect from the BYU wide receivers tomorrow? At Ryan Fryden says some good run blocking because Frieden. BYU is going to try and pound the rock in the rain. It's, wouldn't be surprised. Frieden, That's one of my old roommates. Frieden, I've yeah. done that twice now. Yeah. With the generous support of the Cougar Club, BYU's 623 student athletes are role models, leaders, graduates, and champions. Be willing to help them succeed with your donation and welcome to the club. Up next... A young lady who I am 99.9% sure can play golf better than you. Kendra Dalton joins us on the show.
1: Why isn't it 100? Mm -hmm.
0: BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation live, and if you miss today's and the interview with John Beck, you're going to want to watch the rebroadcast at 4 p.m. Eastern every weeknight Four, sorry, Four Mountain, 6 p.m. Eastern
1: on BYU TV. And Countdown to Kickoff is live tomorrow night at 9 Eastern time as we get you set for BYU and Connecticut.
0: Joining us in studio making her BYU Sports Nation debut is Kendra Dalton of the BYU women's golf team. Kendra, welcome to Studio B.
4: Thank you. Thanks for having me. So,
0: with the Utah accent, the last name Dalton is an interesting Do you prefer Dalton or Dalton. Dalton. Dalton.
1: Okay, the there hard, the enunciated T. Yeah, you
4: got to get the T in there. Dalton. So,
1: Scratched that before. Kendra Dalton. But you don't have much of an accent from North Carolina, though. I'm, I don't. I'm questioning that right now. Yeah,
4: I actually grew up in New York, so it kind of like evens out, the north and the south. Okay, yeah. when did you move
1: to North Carolina?
4: I went to high school, so right before I started my freshman year. Okay, so what part of
1: New York? Not Glens Falls, right?
4: No. Poughkeepsie? Have you ever heard Poughkeepsie? of that? Yeah, where Where's is that? Poughkeepsie? It's like an hour and a half north of New York City.
1: Everything's upstate from yeah, New York everything. City. Oh, yeah, everything. Yeah, no one actually
4: lives in New York right. City. <laughs>
1: right, exactly. Everything's upstate. Yeah. That's cool. So, so Wake Forest, North Carolina. How'd you make it out all the way to BYU?
4: Um, a few different things. I got a sister out here, and then I loved Coach Roberts when I met her in the program and the school. Growing up LDS and whatnot, so a lot of things. When did you me out here.
0: When did you know? Like, wow, I'm. I'm good at golf, and I, I want to do this in college.
4: Um, so I started competing my freshman year of high school, so I improved pretty quickly. And so probably my sophomore year, I was like, man, I think I could do something with this, and I really wanted to keep going and see how, could I, how good I could get at it. And so that's when I started looking at When did you schools. pick
0: it up? I mean, was this a junior high thing?
4: Um, yeah, so I was like 8 or 9 in New York, but I didn't play too much until um, I moved to North Carolina, and then I got pretty serious about it. So, yeah.
1: Lavelle Edwards once said that if he could do it over he would either be a kicker or uh, on scholarship for golf. What's it like to be on scholarship on the golf team? It's
4: the greatest thing, seriously though. It's <laughs> awesome. Um we have so much fun. I love the just the trips are great. Um playing in the tournaments, you get to go so many cool places. Um the courses we get to play are great, so it's just it's so fun all the time. It's am
1: Extremely jealous. Yes, yeah. Jerem absolutely yeah. is. Yeah. We all are. Who yeah. are
2: you
0: kidding?
1: It's I great. Yeah. I don't even know how I got through BYU. <laughs> Wasn't well, as fun as your experience,
0: Kendra. Second place finish for you at the Rose City Collegiate mm-hmm. last week, uh, three under through three rounds. Where would that rank in terms of like what you've accomplished as a collegiate golfer?
4: That's pretty good. I went um, last year. I had a tournament where I went five under, um, so. I was close, but I played so well this week. It was just really fun. It felt easy. Um, Just really solid golf, so that's always fun when you just feel like you can't miss it, you know? So it was good. No, I
1: don't know what that's (laughs) like. I have no clue. Spencer has more of an idea than me, but okay, I'm I'm not good. I don't even know how to categorize (laughs) it, but do you think you could beat some people one-handed?
4: Yeah, I actually, that's a drill I do, one-handed, yeah.
1: So we could play 18, and you think, I don't know it.
4: for 18, but I'll I give it a try.
1: <laughs> My money's on Kendra. <laughs> no, seriously, me too. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't disagree right now. <laughs> I really don't.
0: Fourth place finish for BYU out of 16 mm-hmm. teams at that same tournament. What are the expectations for BYU women's golf this season?
4: Um, we just. We want to get to nationals. We want to be as highly ranked as we can. Um we all work super hard. We've all improved a ton and I we all believe that we're ready to just be one of the best teams in the country. We won last week. We beat some of the teams that were there um this week and so it's just a really exciting time How for the How do you team. get
0: to nationals? Like what has to happen?
4: Um so you're uh you have to I think either win regionals or be in the top two or have a certain ranking. So um that's our goal, just do really well at regionals, get to regionals, do really well there, and then move on. So
1: we noticed your uh your your black swag. You got a uh-huh, BYU golf right. uh, you know, pullover which is fantastic. And you mentioned that the women's golf team goes black and royal.
4: We're really into the royal and the black and royal are bags black and royal this year, so we're Mm. We're swagging out with the black and royal I happen
0: to know that Jerem is on the market for some black and royal
1: swag, right, Jerem? <laughs> Specifically women's golf. Come on down <laughs> it's to show down up today. This is crazy. <laughs> Coincidence. Yeah.
4: We've got plenty for you.
1: That's awesome.
4: Who is your favorite
0: professional golfer to watch on the PGA tour and or the LPGA tour?
4: Oh, it's a tough one. I love watching golf. A lot of golfers don't like watching golf, but I do. Um right now, who can't love to watch Jordan Spieth? I don't know. He's just Gets so amped up, which I love to watch. A lot of people don't think golf is exciting, but it's exciting when you watch Jordan Spieth. So
0: absolutely, he's the
4: man right now.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to argue that. It's yeah. good to he's ten million dollars richer after winning yeah. the next <laughs> Seriously, it's good to be Jordan Spieth. It
4: is good for him right now.
0: Kendra, great to have you in studio. Yeah, B, thank we you would so like much. you to sign our Rise Up flag uh, oh, yeah, during totally. the commercial break, and uh, can we grant you some BYU Sports Nation karma? Is that okay? Yes. Awesome.
4: All right. You're Going to play super
1: well in your next tournament, which is.
4: This week, we leave Saturday. Leave New Saturday, New Mexico, New Mexico. Yeah. Okay. Breaking Bad,
1: awesome.
0: We want a testimonial of the Karma when you get back. Yeah,
4: you got it. It's, it's real. It's real. It's
0: real. Kendra, thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jeremy. You have uh, final thought?
1: Yeah. Can you hand me the pen? So oh, you want you want, want the pen? You yeah. want the pen? I try okay, and don't go no huddle in this. But. <laughs> <laughs>
4: right
0: now. Fault start on Spencer. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, up next on BYU Sports Nation, more of your tweets plus. Who gets today's rise and shout? Come on, t let's go. Settle man. down. BYU Sports station presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it.
1: It's time for the Cougar Around Soccer. The sixth-ranked women's soccer team plays at Gonzaga. Not to be confused with Gonzaga. The Zogs. At 7 Eastern on BYU Radio and the W. Beat the TV. Zogs. Football. John
0: Beck joined us earlier on the show. He told us his pro football playing career is done. He was put on the IR, six weeks to go, six games to play, and says that he's not going to play football anymore. He also talked about Tanner Mang. You download the podcast and listen to the entire show. BYU football returns home to UConn tomorrow. Coverage begins at 9 Eastern with countdown to kickoff live on BYU TV followed by the game on ESPN 2, 10, 15 p.m. Eastern, kickoff slated.
1: Volleyball. Get a nap. Number 15 women's volleyball is at San Diego tomorrow, 10.30 Eastern on the W.TV.
0: Tomorrow we will be live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. UConn play-by-play man Joe D'Ambrosio will join us on set as we revisit the stadium for the first time, a remote broadcast from LES.
1: I can't wait to get back in there. Let's move on from Michigan and do something else. Let's play somebody else. Let's experience something else. Erase, Erase that taste. Flush that down as fast as possible, man. Today's
0: Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. I want to give it to John Beck, Jeremy.
1: John Beck, put it in your books, Mountain West Conference Player of the Year.
0: Apparently he's going to go get I a Masters a and bit. then perhaps another Masters. He's working with Tom House, you know, a quarterback's coach down in the Southern California area. He could be a broadcast. John Beck can do basically anything he wants right now whether it's in the media or with football coaching or something like that.
1: He's the man. When you go 11-2 and two and you beat Utah on a Beck to Harleen, you better not pay for a single meal in Provo ever again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I ever.
0: Do, I do know what you're saying. And it's not against NCAA regulations. That guy regulations. should be able to walk
1: in wherever he wants.
0: Meal on us! What do you expect from the BYU wide receivers tomorrow? Let's get some of your tweets in.
2: You got...
0: Westover. I want the receivers to be as hungry for the ball as the O-line is hungry for a buffet. Hashtag go Cougars.
1: That's pretty hungry. That's, pre- that's really hungry. Hopefully that's the case. Our elite tweet of the day from at He-Man underscore high. He-Man. Guy Holiday
0: is I what I want to strap, power! to strap some pads on and take the
1: game in hand. Hashtag you know he could. Dude, I love He-Man. He-Man's the best. Thanks to John Beck, Kendra Dalton, and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN.
0: Our show on demand on BYUSN.com, the audio podcast on iTunes, and the TuneIn app for Jerem. I am Spencer. Shout-out to Wayland Hickman. BYU Sports Station will get back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on game day. From the power of He man. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow.